Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now, here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Should you ever curse during a professional speech or video? No. Hi, my name is Dave Lorenzo. This is the Do This, Sell More show. I want to welcome you on board. We are here every day at 9 a.m. on the podcast, every afternoon at 5 p.m. on YouTube and 24-7 on the C-Suite Network. It's my pleasure to welcome you on board. Today we're talking about professionalism and your presentation style. That's right, whether you choose to present topics and information on video, in person, or in a sales setting, you need to have a professional demeanor, a professional appearance, and make a huge impact in a way that you will be memorable. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. First thing we're going to address is how you look. When you take the stage or you walk in the room, your presence should be felt by your appearance. Now, what does that mean? There are many people out there. I see them on YouTube all the time. I go to conferences and I see them presenting who they look like they're skateboarders. They haven't shaved in a month. They got scully caps on and hoodie sweatshirts and they take to the stage and they're looking like they're some Generation X kid off the street. Now, if this is your personal brand, that's one thing. But 99% of people can't pull off some type of look like Gary Vaynerchuk. For those of you who don't know who Gary V is, look him up. He's a guru of social media. He's also a, a marketing genius for the new millennium. He's a guy who gets a lot of speaking engagements, very highly paid speaker, but he looks like a street thug. And he curses when he speaks. 99% of the population cannot pull that off. I guarantee you probably can't pull it off, so you shouldn't try to. The first thing you need to think about when it comes to your appearance is you need to look professional. You can wear a nice pair of jeans, a very good pair of shoes, a fashionable t-shirt, and a jacket, and speak to a technology conference, and you'll fit right in. A bunch of entrepreneurs in the room, that look is fine. I do that all the time on video and I want you to feel comfortable with me and I wanna feel comfortable speaking to you and that's why I use that look. Now, if you're speaking to a group of bankers or financial advisors or industry analysts, you wanna wear your best suit, you wanna wear a white shirt, you wanna wear a very nice tie, you wanna wear a conservative color suit, blue or dark gray, and you want to conduct yourself in a way that's going to come off as ultra professional. The two elements that I've described here are your comfort and professionalism. The third element is your personal brand. If you have a signature look that you like to present, that's important. Perhaps you always wear a pocket square, or perhaps you wear a certain color tie, or perhaps you're like Steve Jobs used to be and you only wear a black t-shirt and blue jeans. 
I would encourage you to have a signature look once you become an accepted staple in an industry. If you've planted your flag and you are well known in an industry, you can pretty much wear whatever you want. Gary Vaynerchuk, Steve Jobs, those type of people, they could show up to a conference dressed in a bathing suit and a t-shirt and they would be accepted. You and I can't do that. So we have to be, number one, comfortable ourselves. If you're not comfortable, your delivery won't be comfortable and your message will get lost. But number two, we have to be professional. The third thing is your personal brand. And your personal brand could be as simple as always wearing a blue suit with a blue and gold tie and a white shirt with a very nice pocket square. That could be your personal brand. Your cufflinks could be a specific type of cufflinks and very nice polished shoes. That could be your personal brand, and you could wear that to every event, and that would be fine. You could wear a black t-shirt, black jacket, black slacks. That would be your personal brand, and that would be fine. As long as you're comfortable and professional, expressing your personal style is acceptable always. Those are the three elements of your appearance. Now let's talk about the verbiage. Let's talk about the words that you use. My particular style is one where I use words that connect with my audience in a way that helps elevate the conversation. I would never in a million years consider using curses or objectionable language in a presentation. And 99.9% .9 of the people who speak to corporate audiences should follow that rule. I know there are some speakers out there that use objectionable language and they say, hey, I'm just keeping it real. And you'll hear people say, oh, political correctness, that's what's destroying our society. No, not true. What's destroying our society are people who don't think about other people before they open their mouths. That's what will destroy society. So if you are hired to give a speech, you're not just representing yourself, you're representing the person who put you in front of the room in the first place. And if that person curses like a sailor, then maybe it's okay for you to curse like a sailor, but I still wouldn't chance it. Using objectionable language is a reflection of two things. One, a poor vocabulary, and two, poor intellect. If you have no other way to express yourself other than using four-letter words, filthy language, then you either belong on a comedy stage or you belong outside the boardroom because there is no way anybody's going to invite you into a boardroom if you're cursing in front of a room full of a thousand people. It's just not going to happen. Leave the curses at home. Second thing I need you to think about from a language perspective is cultural differences. If you're speaking to a group in a different geographic area than you're used to, you have to examine the culture of that geography and make sure that your language is a good cultural fit. Don't use language from New York or the Northeast. For example, in Boston, they use the word wicked all the time. That person is wicked smart. Well, if you go down south and you say somebody's wicked smart, they're going to think they're evil and smart. You don't want to do that. And that's just in the United States. If you're crossing borders, if you're going from the U.S. to Canada, you have to take into account the cultural differences in the Canadian market. If you're going to an international convention with people from all over the world there, you have to keep your presentation on such an an even language keel that nobody would be offended by what you said. Remember, the objective is for you to at minimum get leads and ideally get work from your presentation. So if you're out there offending people, if you're punching people in the mouth, nobody's going to hire you. Make sure your language is 
such that it's not going to be offensive to anyone. The third point I will make about language is know the industry language. If you're speaking to an industry association, know the industry jargon. You have to know what words they use and you don't have to use them if you don't understand them, but when they ask you questions in their jargon, you have to be able to respond. So make sure you don't lose credibility and you know the language of the industry. All right, now let's talk about how you structure your cadence, the way that you speak, the pace, the timing, that's incredibly important. If you want to keep people's attention, you need to speak quickly. If you're in a geography that's different from your own and there may be a language barrier, you need to adjust your cadence. The thing about cadence is you own it. So people will respond depending on how you present yourself. If you notice, when I speak on video, I tend to speak very quickly because I have a lot of information and I want to get it across to you as fast as I possibly can. I know you can pause, you can rewind, you can go back. If I'm in front of a group of people, I'm going to pause for dramatic effect before I make a really important point. If you're using humor, humor is a completely different animal. You should practice your humor on audiences unrelated to your topic before you ever deliver it in front of an important audience. And I urge you, if you are not a comedian, if you've never done any stand-up comedy, don't use jokes in your speeches. You won't know how to do it, and you're more than likely going to either offend someone or look really bad when you don't get a laugh. The best humor to use is self-deprecating humor. Your cadence will help you make your points if you're using humor or if you're not using humor. The tone and the cadence you use should keep people entertained and it should keep them moving right along with you. The final point I want to make when it comes to delivering presentations and doing it in the right way, making sure that you command your presence on the stage or making sure that you nail your point from a sales perspective is how you open and how you close. You'll notice when I do these podcasts or when I do the videos that you've seen on YouTube or on the C-Suite Network, I open by hitting you right in the mouth with something that pulls you in. It's either a question or it's a statement that makes you sit back and go, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. Your speech or your sales presentation needs to open with something that powerful. It needs to open with a great story or with a great statement that grabs the audience. And then when you close, you should wrap it all together and bring people back to where you started. Working remotely can be a challenge, especially for teams that are new to it. How do you deal with your work environment being the same as home while staying connected and productive? And then there's your newest coworker, the cat. Well, your friends at Trello have been powering remote teams globally for almost a decade. At a time when teams must come together more than ever to solve big challenges, Trello's here to help. Trello, part of Atlassian's collaborative suite, is an app with an easy-to-understand visual format, plus tons of features that make working with your team functional and just plain fun. Trello keeps everyone organized and on the same page, helping teams communicate, focus, and connect. Teams of all shapes and sizes at companies like Google, Fender, Costco, and likely your favorite neighborhood coffee shop all use Trello to collaborate and get work done. Try Trello for free and learn more at Trello.com. That's T-R-E-L-L-O.com. Trello.com. If you ever think about using slang or curse words in a professional setting, 
you have to reassess your capability of holding the audience attention with a carefully crafted story. There is just no way to maintain a level of credibility that will keep you in a professional at a professional level with your audience if you end up cursing. There's a really interesting episode of My Life on the D-List. It's a show that used to be on starring comedian Kathy Griffin. Now, whatever you think of Kathy Griffin, the behind-the-scenes footage of her going about her day-to-day as a D-list TV star, but an A-list stand-up comedian at the time was really interesting. Her act has a lot of off-color humor, and she tells a lot of situational stories that include curse words. They include objectionable language. She gets booked to do a corporate engagement, and her agent tells the company representative that she uses this language in her act. And the agent specifically says, if you want her to not use that language, you have to let me know, and she will clean it up. The company representative said it was fine and Kathy went on and did her act and she used cursing and she used objectionable language and the CEO of the company was appalled. He was absolutely shocked. He was embarrassed. The meeting planner, the person who booked the engagement, who worked for the company, probably was disciplined if not fired and Kathy felt horrible. She felt absolutely terrible that this happened because she wouldn't have done her regular act. She would have done a clean version of the act. The reason I tell you this story is because the expectation for a comedian is that sometimes objectionable language will be used, even if you have a reputation as a clean comedian. You're not a comedian. You're a professional, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, or if you're listening to this and you're a professional speaker, you're a professional speaker. Objectionable language just has no place anywhere in your performance, in your delivery of the material or of the information. Use stories to make your point. Do not ever use objectionable language or unprofessional conduct or communication in any way. All right, let's take the segment of the show now where we answer a question from one of our listeners. If you have a question and you'd like to ask me and have me answer it, I'd like you to make a video and send it to me at askdave at dlorenzo.com. Ask Dave, A-S-K-D-A-V-E, the at symbol, D-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. Ask Dave at DLorenzo.com. Make a video asking me your question. Tell me your name. Tell me your company name and where you're from. I will strip out the video and use the audio in the podcast, but I'll use the video on my YouTube channel and I'll use it on the C-Suite Network in the videos that I post there. Today's question is all about asking for the deal and offering alternatives or options. I received this question on YouTube in a comment and the question is this. If I am in a transactional sales industry where people pay me for a product, should I still offer multiple options? All right, this is a very good question. Now, those of you who've been with me on the podcast for a number of episodes or who've watched all of my YouTube videos know that I don't want you to ever 
pose a yes or no proposal to a client. Ideally, you would offer the client three different options. One option would be exactly in the client's budget range, which you find out ahead of time. Another option would be more value, but slightly above, maybe 15, 20% above the client's budget range. And the third option may be double the price, but it would prevent the issue from recurring again, or it would be something that would help the client and demonstrate triple or quadruple value for double the price. If you're in a transactional sales process, you sell a product, a client pays you for the product. You have a lemonade stand. You sell lemonade, a glass of lemonade for $5. Should you offer options, yes or no? Absolutely yes, and here's how you do that. You have a lemonade stand. A glass of lemonade is $5. It's the best tasting lemonade anyone's ever had. One glass of lemonade is $5. Unlimited lemonade for four hours is $10. Unlimited lemonade for the day is $25. Those are three options. And you have the opportunity to make more money by providing an even better value. There's only so much lemonade somebody can drink. You're not going to go through $25 in costs in lemonade. The person's going to be able to quench their thirst whenever they want. And maybe they'll just hang out at the lemonade stand and suck down lemonade all day. Let's take an even better example. You're an attorney. You're a trust and estates attorney. You do a will for $1,500. You offer a five-document estate planning package, which includes a will, a durable power of attorney, a medical proxy, uh, a trust, and one other document. And those five documents all together, if they were $1,500 each, would be even more expensive. But you package them all together and you offer them for $4,000 as a package. That's option two. Five documents $4,000, one document, $1,500. However, the third option is all five documents with lifetime revisions for $6,000. So they can come back to you and update their will, update their healthcare proxy every year, every 10 years, every five years, however often they want for $6,000. And that includes an annual one-on-one -on -one conversation with the lawyer to make sure everything stays the same. That's additional value. Those are the three options. The client may take option one, they may take option two, they may take option three. Multiple options in a proposal process, multiple options in an engagement agreement are ways you can increase revenue without having to do a lot more work. You can engineer options into any proposal scenario. All you have to do is be thoughtful about how you approach the work that you do, the value you provide to the client, and the perception of that value on behalf of the client. These options are fantastic. You need to do this effective immediately. You'll make more money and you'll do the same work. All right, that's our question and answer segment. Again, please send me your questions. Your questions are the lifeblood of what I do. Shoot a video, send the video to Ask Dave. Let me know what you want to hear more of. You're going to notice some changes in the evolution of this podcast as we continue on. We're going to add an additional segment, an opening segment to the podcast. Then the middle point will be the teaching section. And then the end point, we will always take a question from people who've asked questions of us. 
I'm thrilled that you're here. Please, if you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play, wherever podcasts are distributed. And also leave us a review. Your reviews are critical to us. Leave us a review on iTunes. I love your reviews. I appreciate every single one. Leave a review on iTunes. Until tomorrow, I'm Dave Lorenzo inviting you to listen to the sound of the tone because when you hear that tone, you will do this and sell more. Give us your feedback on each episode and get access to our free sales training course at dothissellmore.com. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time on Do This, Sell More. Sell More.